0: You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. And today I have with me Dana Murray. Dana is a proud maverick who dances to the beat of her own drum and found her purpose in her work as an alignment coach, inspiring women to build a life for themselves free from guilt, shame, and fear. Dana, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? I know my listeners are going to be first and foremost interested in your accent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does come up. So I'm originally from New Zealand, but I'm living in Sydney, Australia now. Yes, we do have distinctly different accents, even though no one seems to be able to pick it up if you're on your side (laughs) of the world. Yep, And I have a four and five year old that keep me on my toes and remind me that even when you make a plan, uh, it's going to go out the window. Uh (laughs) They keep life
0: interesting. Four and five years old. Yes. So how many months apart are they?
1: 18 months. So one was very much planned and then one decided she was going to be born. (laughs) Yes, I'm very grateful for both of them.
0: All right. Well, let's get to know you a little bit better by going through your rapid fire questions. What was your very first job?
1: So my very first job was working at Red Rooster, so a fast food place. And we had a supermarket next door. So I was deep frying a wide range of stuff, which now in hindsight, I'm horrified at the fact that I was just (laughs) randomly deep frying stuff in between orders (laughs) Um, but yes it was a good way to introduce myself to responsibility as I deep fried you know bananas and sandwiches and chocolate bars and everything else we should not have had any business putting in that fryer. (laughs)
0: this is like a brand new world to me. I've never worked in a fast food restaurant. I've had many jobs similar, but just never in a fast food restaurant. It never occurred to me, okay, you have access to a deep fryer. And if you have (laughs) slow times, you can go put your hands on any crazy thing you want to deep fry and just go for it and experiment. You did that, huh? What was your favorite off-the-menu deep fried item?
1: (laughs) Uh, It will always be bananas, They are like amazing deep fried, but yeah, there was some stuff in there that you kind of go, okay, now that did not work so well. We have to clean the whole fryer before, you know, the manager comes back. (laughs)
0: Let's try to deep fry marshmallows. Oh no, that's
1: not going to (laughs) work. Oh no, no, no. That is not, that one was not a good idea. Don't, don't recommend that. I was also 14, so the quality of the decisions I was making on those shifts Mm -hmm. were not the best, so usually (laughs) management would be like, so what did we fry today? As if we thought we were getting away with it. He's like, no, (laughs) I I started frying stuff before you got here. It's fine. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh,
0: gosh. Okay, what was something unexpected that's changed about you in the past few years?
1: Learning to be spontaneous. The reason why I say that is I've actually got OCD and planning is something that I've always had to do. So I will plan everything down to the finest details like car parks and timetables, like I have to know everything in advance. And um, I've got a partner with ADHD and two kids under five. So when it comes to planning, like I said, those things just go right out the freaking window. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so learning to be spontaneous and kind of just go with the flow and adapt, that's something that people who haven't seen me for a while will see me kind of adapt to a situation and not have a big meltdown. And they kind of go, whoa, like, are you okay? This, This is just not the kind of thing we expect from you. So it's definitely been a positive change, I think, in myself to kind of get that life skill. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you. That's amazing.
0: Okay, if you had 24 hours in your home alone with no pressing to do's, what would you do? (laughs)
1: I want to have something big and, and exciting to say, but honestly, I, I Netflix a knit. Like, that makes me sound like such a nana, but I'm so it. used to just, like, go, go, go. Like, I am mm. always freaking moving, and it actually takes a lot for me to be able to just sit down and be like, no, you're not doing anything on any kind of list today and I can't even watch a movie without doing something with my hands so I'm still productive Mm -hmm. but Netflix and knitting that is like such a zen moment for me so if I have the house to myself I'm just like we're going to put some kind of binge show on I'm gonna wipe out five seasons or something (laughs) where's my knitting let's go that's me wow I love it and it's actually a lot easier than you think like I've been knitting since I was eight my nana just gave me something to keep me busy one day and I've been knitting ever since. But honestly, there is so much cool stuff that you can make. Like I used Mm to get bullied for it and, you know, because it was such a dweeby thing to be doing as a kid. But now it's like all fancy and and trendy and I'm like, you guys all (laughs) suck. Like where was this when I was doing it when I was younger? Now it's fashionable. Yeah, (laughs) bastards. Okay, what was your first live concert? Disturbed big heavy metal concert with a whole bunch of flames and I am not a big woman I am five foot two I am like petite as anything so being in a mosh pit with a whole bunch of heavy metal dressed in black pierced tattooed all (laughs) you know head banging and throwing each other around was probably not the best place for me to be but there was a giant of a man who kind of looked at me with pity, like what are you even doing down here? And he kind of like made sure he stood next to me, he didn't say Aww. anything, but he kind of like took me under his little middle head wing and, <laughs> and made sure I didn't get too beaten up. But it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And um, I've, I love going to gigs obviously it's not something we can do right now but it is definitely Mm. on the list once everything starts opening back up
0: yes so did you come home with some bruised feet oh they were destroyed
1: (laughs) it was incredible and it definitely taught me what was and was not appropriate footwear for a concert because I made them (laughs) poor decisions that night. (laughs) Steel-toed boots next time. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to share our not-so-fancy moments so our listeners know they're not alone, and so we can demonstrate how connections forge when we talk about these things. So what do you have for us today?
1: Oh, I have some beauties. I don't believe in holding on to your shame. I do think that we all have our not-so-fancy moments. A lot of mine over the last few years have come from the fact that I have brutally honest children, (laughs) which I I do appreciate sometimes, but sometimes that does come back to bite me. (laughs) One of them in particular, we were standing in the um, checkout lane, putting all the food and everything at the supermarket, and my five-year-old was lying on the ground and crawling between my legs, you know, as he does. And I just thought, okay, he's quiet. That's all that matters until he lay on his back and he looked up and he announced to the entire very, very packed shopping line, mum, you're not wearing underwear today. And I just (laughs) took a breath like there is no way no one heard that. I can't brush it off. I, I just said, yes, yes, I am. And he just had this smug, cheeky look on his face. Like he knew, he knew (laughs) full well what he was doing to me and just goes, no, you're not. And I just, you know, trying to shut my legs. There is no way I'm getting out of this. And it's not even like it's something I'm necessarily like ashamed of. Like, yeah, sometimes I will chuck on a skirt and I am freeballing it but Uh to have it just announced by my child who was obviously looking up at the place he came from I'm like come on kid like what are you doing to me right now can we just not and because I'm so pale like when I blush it is just tomato like my whole chest goes red my whole face and there was no coming out of that without hearing every giggle in that line oh it's so painful
0: (laughs) it's like you know kids sometimes things are better thought and not spoken but that's a lesson for inside the car (laughs) because you just want to you don't want to draw any more attention to yourself (laughs) yeah yeah oh my gosh that's so cute
1: (laughs) oh and my my daughter's not any better she's very helpful she loves being able to say you know i've put the washing in the washing machine and I helped mummy do the dishes and it's absolutely beautiful. But when I was standing outside with a not so, uh, not so friendly neighbor, you know, someone you kind of do the awkward hello to, but you don't necessarily want knowing all of your business. She chose Mm -hmm. that moment to be the moment where she would bring the recycling out. And you'd think, oh, that is amazing, you know, a four-year-old doing recycling. Yeah, this is during COVID and a lot of online deliveries. I kept a certain industry going during lockdown. (laughs) Um, So she had a whole bunch of boxes that she had no idea what they were, but she is placing them Into the recycling bin in front of this particular neighbor, a whole bunch of toy boxes. Yes, I am talking about those toys, and I'm just trying to look at him and maintain eye contact. Like, please don't say anything, don't Don't acknowledge what is happening right now, don't look. I've never seen an elderly gentleman like that blush so much. Like, there there was just. Walk away so fast. This moment where he was like, I do not want to be in this situation right now. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to leave. And, (laughs) And he has never made eye contact with me since. Oh, well, that's handy. Exactly. That was one way to scare off the neighbors. So, as embarrassing as it was, it was pretty perfectly timed, I'd say.
0: It was worth it. I think it was. It totally was worth, worth it. it. Yeah. <laughs> now, it is time for a listener story. You guys, I'm always so excited when I get to include a listener story. Hopefully, it'll be more and more often. As we progress here with this podcast. But the other day, I got an email from Charmaine Burton, and Charmaine says, Hello, your podcast has helped me so much with being confident in who I am and learning how to laugh at my mistakes. Because of that, I wanted to share a recent story in hopes it brings someone a little bit of a laugh. And that just does my heart so much good. I feel like, Yay, somebody's getting out of it what I was hoping would be the result. So here is Charmaine's story. She says, at 6 a.m., we run out of water for our cistern. Jared, my husband, is at work, so I'm it. This is what I know about getting water. Okay, I got to pause for a second here, Charmaine. So first of all, I think what I'm hearing is that Charmaine may live off the grid-ish and doesn't have a well and a pump, but rather relies on water from a giant container to supply water to her house. So just in case you guys aren't familiar with that kind of living, we take our faucet on and water running for granted, but Charmaine has to make sure she has water in the cistern. Okay, here's what she knows about getting water. There's a tank in the back of the white pickup. <laughs> and, and I must fill it up and bring water back to the house for our survival. That's it. I don't know where to go, how to fill it, how it gets into the cistern, nothing. But I'm a strong independent woman who refuses to call Fox Water Service, so here we go. Problem number one, kids. I have to safely transport my two kids in this ridiculously ancient three-seater diesel truck. Problem two, the pickup. I'm driving a 98 Dodge diesel from Jared's high school glory days, which he naturally beat the crap out of. The seats are tilted, the AC doesn't work, the shifter slides in and out of gear while moving, etc., Brake dummy light is on. I call my dad. He says it's fine. I cry a little bit, and we're off. Problem three. Location. I have no idea where the water point is. There's a slight memory of Jared saying something about the gas station on 8th Avenue. I drive around hopelessly until I spot two tubes sticking out of the ground surrounded by a puddle of water. It's hellfire hot out here, so that's pretty out of place. I drive up like I'm supposed to be there. Jackpot. I'm a boss navigator. Just don't ask me where north is. I feel you there, Charmaine. I'm similar. If I don't have a city grid or an ocean on one side of me, I do not know which way is north. Problem number four, water point. How does this thing work? There are no instructions. I know it takes quarters and there's only one coin slot, so my Sherlock skills piece together that the money goes there. I put in one quarter and am I'm immediately drenched in 35 gallons of water as I scramble up the side of the pickup trying to get at least three drops in the tank. It eventually stops, but not before I'm soaked. Good thing it's hot out there. My shoes are squelching with every step, and I'm throwing in the towel I wish I had. I pull away from the pump, ready to accept defeat, when another water seeker pulls up and proceeds to fill his tank. I watch in wonder as he pulls a magical contraption from the pump that connects to his tank, ensuring he is not doused in gallons of water. Eureka! I'm back in the game! I pull back up to the other side of the pump and proceed to act like I've done this a million times. Hopefully he can't hear my shoes or see my shorts dripping on the ground. Problem five, the cistern. I pull up to the house like a triumphant knight, arriving home from a quest, only to realize I have no idea how to get the water from the tank into the cistern. I contemplate the logistics of just scooping it out of the tank as needed, decide against it, and start searching the garage for a hose or something. I'm kicking myself for watching Netflix instead of letting Jared show me how this works two months ago. Finally, I find a giant green hose. There's at least an 83% chance this is the right one. I'll take those odds. I'm able to hook it up and turn the handle on the tank to on. I hear the sweet, sweet music of water gushing through the hose into the cistern. Fox water who? I'm the Poseidon of Beartooth Estates. (laughs) I'm also very, very cheap. When the tank is empty, I attempt to hold the hose up to get every last drop into the cistern. The end pops out of the cistern and my shoes receive a tsunami-sized bath. Again, this Poseidon is sick of water. (laughs) I forgot how funny this was. I read it when she first sent it. It's it's so good, Charmaine. I make the trip two more times and head to the kitchen for a well-earned glass of sweet H2O. I lift the sink handle and nothing. All pickles. But Charmaine didn't say pickles. She said dollar sign, up carrot at sign, up carrot at sign, asterisk, dollar sign. But well, you get the idea. <laughs> Lord forgive me for the curse words that came out of my mouth. I stomp around the house for about 30 minutes before I'm stopped in my tracks by a sudden sobering thought. I forgot to turn the water pump onto the house. I rush out to the garage, press the button, and enter the house to hear water streaming out of the faucet. Water never tasted so good. And then Charmaine says, Thanks so much for all you do, Charmaine Burton of Laurel, Montana. So, you guys, Charmaine is a neighbor of mine. I'm going to have to meet her at some point because she lives here in my wonderful state of Montana. Charmaine, you are a rock star. You are raising babies off the grid ish. I don't know how off the grid you are, but at least you have to go get your water. That's massive. So thank you so much for your adorable story. I love listener stories, you guys. If you want to send one in, and I actually have another one from Anna, which will be on the next episode. So if you guys want to keep this section rolling, email me at notfancy at fancyfreepodcast.com. Let me know a few things, whether or not I can use your name and location. I think it's always interesting to people to hear that if they can. And then whether or not you want me to read your story or if you want to be interviewed or if you want to do a voice memo for me, I just can't wait to hear him rolling in. Thank you again, Charmaine. So you are a coach. Tell me a little bit about what that means as your day-to-day. What was your previous profession?
1: Oh, So, uh, before I became a coach and started working for myself, I was actually a coffee trader. We would import the green coffee beans and get them turned into the beautiful caffeinated product that keeps us all alive today. (laughs) Thank you for your service. Definitely an essential service. When I uh, was working, it is a pretty male-dominated industry. I had a new client who was coming in. I had all my notes prepared, as you can imagine, and I was kind of talking myself up to the kind of conversations we were going to have. And the new client came in and he had this moment like he recognized me. Oh, dear. I didn't say anything because I hadn't met him before. I thought, okay, that's a bit strange. And then in front of my manager and my boss, this older guy starts quoting my Tinder profile. Oh, my gosh. There are certain things that like I don't have those phrases written anywhere else you know you you, you mm-hmm. craft these bios to make you seem like this mythical creature and and try and market yourself so the moment he starts quoting it with this kind of smirk on his face we both know what is happening in this moment but my boss has no idea what is going on. So the moment that this client starts referring to me as a coffee queen, my boss takes it and runs with it. And it becomes this nickname that he has no idea where it's come from. And I don't want to explain (laughs) to him where it's come from. He just thinks it's this quirky thing this new client has said to me. And I'm standing there going, this guy has seen photos of me on Tinder that I was not prepared for him to see right now. How do I proceed? And he's memorized my bio and I want to be talking to him about coffee and he's seen my butt. Like I don't oh. know where to go with this right now. I mean, I closed the deal. I still to this day don't know if it was me and the good coffee that closed that deal or my butt. Like there's, there's a lot of wiggle room there. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, tell me about the time you were having laser and something malfunctioned.
1: I went in, you know, normal laser booking to go and get everything lasered I could. And it came to the part where the tech asked me to roll over and spread my cheeks because, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Both cheeks, baby. And I uh, went, okay, all right. And you kind of have this moment where you don't really want to be talking and acknowledge that you've got your like right in their face so you kind of just mm-hmm. stop talking and do it but of course that was the moment that the freaking table that was operated by one of those like electronic foot pedal things to make it go on up and down it decided to start moving you know when you're there in a vulnerable position you know, your cheeks spread and she's got this little laser utensil at your most vulnerable places I am going to go up and down on this table and shove my In your face. That is the kind of relationship we have now. You are now the only person I can either work with or you're never going to see me again. Those are my only (laughs) options at this point. Like, we have crossed a line and it wouldn't stop. Like, she was like trying to maintain this level of professionalism. Because of COVID, all of the rules changed about what kind of mask she had to have, and she had like this riot mask on one of those ones that like the full <laughs> plastic panel that's just covering her entire head and I'm pretty sure that she has never been more grateful to have that particular <laughs> type of mask this mask has saved my life today I think I might be wearing this forever more <laughs> yeah yeah this is you know even when things open up no 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 this is now like mandatory equipment safety equipment to be wearing in this profession Like this is not going anywhere <laughs> Do you apologise profusely? But the problem was because the table had moved just as we'd started, we still hadn't finished. So we both were like waiting for it. Like I'm just clenching like I've never clenched before because I'm so worried that this table is just going to move again. <laughs> And I'm just like, can we just do this quickly? Like, I'm feeling very exposed right now. <laughs> and got it done, finished, and no, she has never seen me again. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she's made the request to never be put with my appointments. I don't necessarily blame her at this point. Maybe I'm like a jinx on the table. I <laughs> did actually ask if it had happened before because I had to know. And unfortunately <laughs> for me, no. It had not. I was <laughs> the one and first. I was the one and only to have a table malfunction and try and smack someone in the face with my butt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm trying to imagine what I would have done. I think I maybe would have leapt off the table or something. <laughs> and then you're standing there, disrobed from the waist down, looking yeah, at each yeah. other
1: like, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, like, what do you do? Luckily, I'm looking at the floor. Like, we don't have to maintain eye contact at this point. <laughs> so we kind of just have to get through them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, did it work? I have had unsuccessful lasering procedures, but it's been probably a decade ago. I haven't tried it again more recently, but I just didn't really feel like it worked for how expensive it was.
1: Well, it depends on your hair type and your hair color, apparently. Mm-hmm. If you are a redhead, you stand no chance. Unfortunately for me, I carry the redhead gene, And I'm not saying that unfortunately, considering, you know, if you've seen my hair anywhere, I diet that color anyway but I carry the gene, but I'm not like a natural real redhead so it half works for me so that's fantastic that's exactly what you want in laser you want it to half work to be all patchy and mangy afterwards (laughs) yeah exactly like if I wanted that I would have just tried to give myself waxing at home like I couldn't maintain Uh that image on my own But the other issue is if you've got tattoos, which I am very much covered, they can only get so close to tattoos, which Mm. means I will have one armpit that is like, awesome, I don't have to shave that, laser works. The other one, they're like, oh no, that tattoo's too close, so we can do around it, but then there's going to be that like one patch of hair you're going to have to shave. or wax or pluck anyway and I'm like what is the point at this point like you're telling me half of it's gonna work but the rest of it you're gonna have to do some maintenance so I gave it a go it was something I always wanted to try to see if I could save myself some time apparently I got a pretty embarrassing table experience out of it and I'm going back to waxing so take from that (laughs) oh man (laughs) what you will (laughs) that's too bad
0: All right. Well, it is time to talk about what you've been loving lately that
1: you think the listeners might love too. On one of those moments where I was Netflixing and knitting, I managed to watch Men in Kilts. I've never heard of it. It's uh, a road trip with Sam and Graham. So have you ever seen Outlander? I have seen a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's two guys from there. They go and travel Scotland. They're looking at the culture. They're looking at the food. A lot of my family is Scottish or from Orkney and Shetland Isles, which are like, for those who don't know and don't believe they're real places, they're islands off the coast <laughs> of Scotland that everyone just thinks I make up. But they go through and they explore this amazing Scottish culture. And because right now traveling isn't something all of us have available to us in Australia, we are very much locked down. Being able to watch that series and see them go through like the real side of Scotland, it made me fall in love so much and also get extreme travel envy. So as soon as borders are open, like I am on a plane, I am out that's of That's where here. you're going. That's where I'm going. <laughs> oh, that's
0: awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out and I'll link to that in the show notes for you guys to check out Men in Kilts. Awesome. Tell the listeners what you're excited about right now. You are a co-author of a book that's coming out soon. Tell me about that.
1: Yes, it's coming out tomorrow, but by the time the listeners hear this episode, it'll already be out. It's called If uh, Motherhood. Um, and it's not because of the fact that All of us decided we don't actually want to be mothers. We all love our children very, very much. But uh, as anyone with children knows, it isn't always a walk in the park. And there is so much information out there telling you do it this way and don't do things that way and don't do this or you're going to screw your kids up. And it is really hard to be a mom. And try and meet everyone else's expectations and your own expectations. So being part of a multi-author book was an amazing experience to be able to share that journey with other women. And we all basically wrote our chapter about what motherhood has been like for us. And one of the big turning experiences that for when our children were between the ages of zero and 10. And it has been amazing to see the stories out there. Like I talk about moving from being a stay-at-home mother, being married and moving back to being a single parent and going back to full-time work and having my kids going into daycare and how that impacted me, but we are all have such different stories, but that theme of just doing it your own way and fuck what everyone else has been telling you about how you have to do it because you're not going to yes. live up to everyone else's expectations. So just do it your way anyway.
0: Yep. We're all individuals and our kids are all different and times are different. And yeah, it's, you're right. That I think that's one of the hardest things about being a mom, especially if you're sort of a perfectionist and maybe even a people pleaser is it's such a public thing you feel people feel like they get to speak into your motherhood so much and that made it really hard for me because i'm like no i i'm gonna kind of kind of do my own thing but i don't want to keep having all these confrontations about it so i love that i think that's going to be really really helpful for people as they prepare for the publicness of motherhood and the, the i mean it For somebody who doesn't like confrontation and doesn't like disagreements, but feels very strongly about the way she's going to mother, I could have done with some preparation on that, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
1: And even knowing that you're not the only one who is thinking these things. Like I know for Mm -hmm. me, I thought, you know, I'm saying, I'm thinking all of these things. Maybe it just makes me a crap mom that I'm actually liking going back to work. And I'm happy for my kids to be in daycare that was something I never thought that I would ever be in that position I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and live and just breathe my children every day and there I know some women it is like that for them and I totally respect that but for me it was an absolute shock to wake up one day and be like so turns out That's not the kind of mother I'm going to be. It's really Mm. nice in hindsight to figure that out now. But just to be able to know that in this book of, you know, 14 women, we're all being like, it doesn't matter how you want to do it. Don't feel bad about it. Don't apologize about that. No one else gets to say how you're doing it. And you're not a bad mum for doing it your way, despite all of the, like you said, public opinions that people are going to shove your way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I will link to that book in the show
0: notes, you guys. It'll be out and available, and it would be awesome to check that out. Yeah, thank you. Dana, tell my listeners where they can find you online.
1: You can find me on my website at danamariecoaches.com. I'm on Facebook and on Instagram, and I have an absolutely amazing Facebook group Band of misfits called Women Smashing Glass Ceilings and it's basically a place where you can come and work on yourself without the shame, without the judgment, without the stabbing each other in the back that you can get online in a lot of places, unfortunately. Um I'm yeah. huge on having a shame free space. So if you want a human place to hang out with some awesome women, um I got you.
0: Awesome. All right, very good. Well I'll link to all of those too. Oh, Dana, thank you so much for being with me today. Your stories were so much fun. And I just love your sense of humor and your spirit. And I think you are doing amazing things for the world. So thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. It's nice to feel uh, like someone else can laugh along with their stuff too.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast this week. Wasn't Dana adorable? I just love her. Of course, I love her accent, but she just has such a fun sense of humor and super cute. Next week, we will have Vibe Portland, another person from across the globe with a fun accent. And we have another listener story next week. If you have a story to tell and you want to be included on the listener stories, email me at notfancy at fancyfreepodcast.com. Make sure that you click follow wherever you're listening to this podcast so that new episodes pop into your feed and make sure to get your shelfies at Shelfie Shop. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com so that you can wear the comfiest pajamas of all time that have a soft built-in shelf bra and a pocket for your phone. Use the code FANCYFREE for free shipping. Have a wonderful week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look.